turn with me tonight to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll be reading verses 13 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4. says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I want to draw your attention to that last verse. Verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working. In the measure of every part maketh the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And I just want to spend a few minutes here tonight talking to you, church, about coming together. Coming together. Let's all pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in this house here tonight. God, we're asking that your anointing fall in this place here tonight, God, that you would bind us together and help us tonight. We need you, God, and I'm asking you, God, to help prepare us, Lord, to be effective for you, God, that we could fulfill your purpose, your plan for our lives, God. Help us tonight, Jesus. Help us tonight, Lord, God. We give you the glory. We give you the praise tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. <clears throat> From which whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh the increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Thayer's definition of compacted says to cause to coalesce come together to form one mass or a whole or to join also means put together to unite knit together in affection put together in one's mind to gather conclude consider to cause a person to unite with one in a conclusion to come to the same opinion to prove or to demonstrate hallelujah talking about compacted when the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, brought together, brought together, brought together. Hallelujah. Paul describes the body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 12. He begins to describe the body. And he says this, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one, one body so also is Christ. Verse 13, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, 
but many. For the body is not one member, but many. For the body is not just one member, but many. For the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, where's the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where's the smelling? But now God hath set members, hath set members, hath set members. Every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. As it pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? If our body was all an ear, what kind of body would it be? It wouldn't function. If it was an eye, it couldn't function. If we're all one member, where are the body? But now are there many members, yet what, but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered, tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh. That there should be, that there should be, that there should be no chism in the body, but that the members should have the same, same, same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Verse 27, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. You are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are all necessary components of the body of Christ. No matter what position, health status, financial status, education, etc., we are necessary to the functionality of the church. We need each other. We need each other. For instance, just because the eye performs an especially important duty to the function of the body, that does not mean that the small toe is insignificant. We use our eyes significantly during our waking hours, but when it's time to walk, the small toe is called into action to perform and to help steady the body in walking to the destination that the eye is helping to direct. They work together to achieve a purpose. Talking about coming together. Talking about coming together. In an article titled, Surprise, Your Pinky Toe Does Serve a Purpose, by Aaliyah Hoyt, she says this. The purpose of the pinky toe is to provide balance and propulsion, says Dr. Or podiatrist, Dr. Bruce Pinker. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. That man had to become a podiatrist with the name Pinker. Talking about the pinky toe. Dr. Bruce Pinker. Oh, what else would you do? <laughs> well, if you want to know, he's from Nan Nanute, New York. And he says, as one takes a step, the foot rolls from lateral to medial in normal foot biomechanics. 
This motion helps us push off to the next step. When the pinky is damaged in some way, the propulsion is limited, leading to an affected gait. Occasionally, side effects can be more severe. If the fifth toe is injured or has to be amputated, it can lead to falls or imbalances. In fact, our reliance on the foot's tripod of balance, the heel, pinky toe, knuckle, and big toe knuckle, is critical. Loss of one of those elements can significantly inhibit a person's ability to skip, run, or walk. Just the pinky toe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may have perceived your role in the church as insignificant. I don't teach Sunday school. I don't sing on the platform. Or I'm not this or that. But you're still a part of the body. The body needs you to function as it needs to. You can see the wisdom in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth when he said in 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. It's when we start to look at one another and try to compare ourselves with one another where we run into problems. You see, I told you earlier in this message that God has set the members in particular according to how he wants it done. So if he puts you somewhere, he puts you there for a purpose. It's just like the pinky toe. It's, just, it's a part of the body and it's essential to the body. Now, do we call upon the pinky toe to see? No. But when it's time to go from the couch to the refrigerator, you better believe I'm calling on that pinky toe. Say, you better get moving. We got something to do. And my eye is on that refrigerator. But can you imagine if that pinky toe got frustrated? I can just, I mean, bear with me a minute. This is the way I think, and you'll be worried about me after I'm done, but that's okay. The toe next to the pinky toe notices the pinky toe's depressed. Says, what's your problem? What's the matter? What's going on with you? I'm not an eye. Well, yeah, you're a pinky toe. Got, you've got a responsibility that only you, you can, yeah, but, but, but I want to be an eye. Can you see how that pinky toe would become frustrated to the place to where he couldn't even begin to enjoy being used as a pinky toe? Because all he's focused on is the fact that he's not an eye. We're not wise to compare ourselves with ourselves. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As I said before, remember, God puts the body together as he wants. 1 Corinthians 12 and 18 says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. With It has pleased him. Now that we've talked about the body, I want to 
move on with what I wanted to say here tonight. In Ephesians 4 and 16, it says, again, our scripture says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working, in the measure of every part maketh the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The body is designed to grow or to mature. And it does it when it's supplied with the oxygen and nutrients carried through the miles and miles of veins and capillaries. The tendons connect the muscles, the bones support the structure, and all fitly joined together. But our body parts must be present to receive what it needs to function and grow. Just as God designed our bodies to be assembled together, God has designed the church to be assembled together. I said God has designed the church to be assembled together. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see that day approaching. Hallelujah. He has designed us to come together. It's when we gather for church service that the body is assembled with Jesus Christ as the head, and the bond or connection takes place. And when that connection's made, we receive the nutrients and strength that comes from the word presented to us through our pastor or our watchman. We receive strength and confidence when we have fellowship with one another. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, and a, and a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Hallelujah. Have you ever felt awkward coming into church? Did it feel awkward to you? But all it took was just coming in and connecting with your brothers and sisters and getting reacquainted. And you started to feel that awkwardness go away. Could you have received that benefit by not being here? No, we couldn't. And so when we come into the church service and we gather together, that's when the body is assembled. And the pastor begins to preach, and God's word goes forth. That, that word gives us strength, gives us faith, gives us help. But it's how we are connected that makes the difference. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As I said, our, abilities receives, our ability to receive is solely contingent upon our connection. I want to say I know that the way we've assembled has changed since this COVID virus hit. But whether we're listening online or able to be here in service, we must keep our connection to the body. We've got to keep connected. Just as if the small toe wasn't connected to the body, it wouldn't be long before the skin would change color and it would begin to shrivel and eventually die. We've got to stay connected, church. We've got to stay connected. And, I, I, and again, I want to stop right here and I want to talk to those that, that are listening online and address them right now and let them know you are a part of this church. Brother Brad, Sister Charlene, you're a part of this church. Brother Mike, you are a part of this church. Sister Marilyn, you're a part of this church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are a part of the body. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And again, again, it matters how we connect when we come together. You see, Pastor, you kind of hit on it a little bit here tonight. Hard feelings. Grudges. Stop the flow of faith of God's word. The proverbial blood clots, if you please. If left unattended, they'll cause a part of the body to grow weak and eventually die. If you don't take care of that blood clot, it can't receive what it needs from the blood. It can't flow, and then the flow stops, and eventually it dies. It don't happen right away. But it's a course of time that happens to the place to where it grows weak, and then finally it, it'll die. That's why we must forgive and keep the arteries clear. Matthew 5 and 21 through 24, I want to read it in a different version for you. It says, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. If you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has ought against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person that come and offer you the sacrifice to God. Can you see the wisdom in that state, in that, that, that scripture right there? Can you see the wisdom of that process? The, 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 the person is coming to church to present a gift. Coming to the altar to present a gift. And had he, let, had he been let to just go ahead and let that gift be given in the condition and the situation as it was, that situation between him and that other person would never have ever been dealt with. And so what happens when things aren't dealt with? They fester. They fester. Just as not dealing with that blood clot. What happens? It's going to keep that blood flow from happening. You've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. I remember when my dad, he was going through cancer treatment. And they had him on a particular medicine. And that's above my pay grade. But I do remember that the doctor's took an x-ray of him and they said he's got blood clots on his lungs and they ended up having to put some kind of a device into his main artery to to his heart it was like an umbrella that would filter and it would catch those clots and keep them from moving on past so that they could filter them out because they knew if they didn't do that my dad would die and it's the same way in our living for God. When we come to church and we have grudges and hard feelings and situations that trouble our mind, if we don't deal with those things, they're going to fester. And they're going to hinder your ability to connect in the service and to connect to your brothers and your sisters. Sometimes when we come into church, thoughts, ideas come to our mind 
get us scared, get us worrying, get us fretting about things, especially tonight, dealing, you know, I know we all wondering how's the presidential election going to come about. You know what? It's in God's hands. It's in God's hands. Hallelujah. So we've got to understand that our warfare, our warfare is not, vis- is not visible. It's not something that you're going to see. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want to stop right there and I want to serve hell notice that the power of God can still deal with anything he's got. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I said they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And I'm going to tell you something else. When you're sitting there worrying about something, quit worrying about it and start praying about it. Bring it to God. Let him say, God, deal with this. I'm tired of messing with this. It's hindering me. It's, it's robbing me of my joy. It's robbing me of my peace. I, I don't want this in my life no more. And, 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 and that can be dealt with if taken to him. Mighty through God. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. you see how she looked at me? I think they got something against me. Pastor, pastor ain't said hi to me in six weeks. He, he, he don't love me no more. He don't care about me no more. I'm talking about imaginations. I know I'm not the only one that has an imagination. And I'll tell you, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one that deals with ideas that come in my head when it comes to church. But it's how we deal with those things, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We've got to cast down those imaginations that come into our mind and cause us to think things that aren't real. Hallelujah. And it's not just dealing with your brothers and sisters. It could be situations you're dealing with in your finances or your job. It doesn't matter. The adversary don't care. He wants you to worry about something so that when you walk through the door, your mind is fixed on that instead of what the pastor's preaching. Because when that happens, you can't tap in. You can't connect. And you can't receive what you need to deal with what you're dealing with. That's the reason why this is called a sanctuary. You said it the other day, pastor. This is a sanctuary. And I was I was driving on my way to church thinking about this, and I was thinking, God, re- renew the sanctuary in our mind. Renew this place as a sanctuary in our minds. Instead of coming in here and, and sitting in our pews and worrying and fretting and fussing, and when we walk through those doors, just in our imaginations, dropping all that. 
at the door. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Dropping it all at the door, all at the door. Not worrying about it no more. Not trying to figure it out. Just coming in here and then tapping in in pre-service prayer saying, God, I'm, I'm not going to deal with this. This is yours, God. I left it at the door. I'm here to talk to you right now. I need to spend time with you. And then when the worship time comes and tapping into the worship time and getting involved in the worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Talking about connecting. Coming together. Coming together. Hallelujah. We are all a part of this body. And we have a purpose within this body. But you see, there's more body parts coming. There's more body parts coming. And if, and, and if they come in here and the body's not healthy, they won't survive. If they come in here and and as new converts, you know you know what they, they can deal with and the situations and the train wrecks that they've got in their lives. They've got, they, they need somebody that they can connect to and talk to and spend time with. But if all we're spending our time dealing with is our own problems and our own situations and our own things, then they can't receive what they need in order to survive. I'm telling you, church, we've got to get past the things that bother us and, and bring us down. Hallelujah. Because there's new converts coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Problems are going to come. And problems are going to go. But together, we can make it. Let's all stand here tonight. Just take a minute here, close your eyes, and just right where you're at, just talk to God a minute. I know, I know, I know, I know I'm talking to some people here tonight. You're cumbered, you're cumbered down. You got, you got stuff that you're dealing with. I understand, I got stuff too, but... We've got to lay those down. Let's just spend a minute here. Say, God, I've got, I've got to lay these things down here. God, I've got to let them go. God, I need to connect. I need, I need from you tonight. I need that strength, God. I need that help tonight, Lord. That's it, church. Oh, God, help me, God. Help me not to... Not to worry, Lord. Help me not, God. I know, I know you've got it in control. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You, you, you young people, you're not exempt from worries. I was a young person one day myself. I remember. 
Your worries are real. London, your worries are real. Number eight, your worries are real. But you've got to learn how to deal with it at your age. You've got to learn to have a relationship with him, to connect with him. All of us do. All of us do. Last scripture I want to read to you tonight, Romans 8, 35 through 39 says, Who, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, nay, in all things. Everybody say all things. Say it again, in all things. Say it again, in all things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hey, 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 for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, Jesus. Nay, in all things, all things, we are more than conquerors. In all things, we are more than conquerors. That's the body, that's the body, that's the body. That's you, that's me, that's us. In all things, in all things, we, we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Once again, won't you close your eyes and lift your hands. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, help us tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's it, church. That's it. God, help us tonight, Jesus. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.